This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. My name is Sonia Booth. Interpol has named South Africa the rape capital of the world. I'll repeat. Interpol has named South Africa the rape capital of the world. (laughs) Ironic for a country that supposedly has the best constitution in the world. Perhaps the stats are an indication that the wrong people have rights and that the wrong people are protected. Mark and Mara, welcome to the Opinion Booth. Mm, Thank you for having us. Mark, we'll get straight to it because I know I have to release you early so that you can go and make more money for tears. Amen Mm -hmm. to that. (laughs) Why are you here? Um, Sonia, I was fortunate enough to meet Mara about a year ago. A friend of mine introduced me to Mara. And when I heard about the fantastic work that she's doing at Tears, I just went home, gave it a lot of thought, spoke to my wife, and uh, thought after meeting her and all of her colleagues at their offices, I went home and I thought, how can I not help these ladies doing such a professional job, doing such a going out of their way to help people all over the country, people that have uh, suffered and have had uh, any type of uh, sexual abuse or uh, domestic violence or child abuse and uh, I thought I need to get involved I need to actually help and uh, so we're on a drive to uh, to raise some money and as you know many many organizations such as tears and uh, organizations that help people socially and from all aspects don't get much funding and they don't get much support from the government and uh, tears is one of its kind and it's uh, with the work they do, they're in desperate need of finance. They're fortunate enough to have had finance from big corporates in the past and on once-off payments uh, here and there, but they've got ongoing expenses. And uh, so I thought, how can we help? How can we get corporates to uh, to give some financial support? So that's that's really my input, and that's that's how I'm trying to help Mara and, and the whole Tears team. And I believe you also want to challenge other corporates, organizations um, Absolutely. to yeah, also very dig much deep so. into their, their pockets. Absolutely. Because we all know that um, it takes money to keep uh, facilities, resources, and services um, you know, running. Indeed it does. And we can't offer survivors services not of the highest quality because we don't have a budget. Every person is in their own right valuable and needs to be treated as such. Mark, I'm going to thank you for all your efforts. Um, I know that you've got a lot, a lot of work um, that you're going to be uh, doing with uh, with Mara. But um, tell us about some of your involvement. Yeah, thanks, Sonia. Um, so the involvement has been really, I suppose, with the financial background and uh, being in a company of financial advisors. Um, we thought, how can we help? So I think Mara thought financially was probably the best thing to do. What we are doing is we are uh, urging companies to offer some type of support. We're a small company. We're only 26 people in our business. And we have made a commitment to donate 5,000 rand a month to tears um, on an ongoing basis. And I'm trying to find another 20 companies to give us 5,000 rand per month support as well. We're a small company. There are a lot of companies that are a lot larger than us that can make this pledge and and help. It'll make a massive difference to so many people's lives. Over 30,000 people 
had the support of tears in the last year. And who knows? Maybe one of your colleagues in the workplace, maybe a family member, maybe somebody else needs tears of support right now as we speak. Uh, if that is the case or if there's a situation in the future where somebody needs tears, we need those doors to stay open and we need support from companies. And I'm really challenging corporates to support in any way they can, even if a company can't give 5,000 rand a month, whatever they can give and whatever pledge they can put forward would be much appreciated. All the work has been done and uh, Tears is registered financial non-profit organization and all donations are fully tax deductible for companies. So um, not that difficult. I think this time of the year, it's Christmas, it's time to give and time to support. So uh, I'd like to, to challenge all companies. If we can do it as a company, I'm sure there are plenty of other companies that can offer support. And we don't just want companies that are just doing it to tick the CSI projects now, are we? We're looking for companies that are not only going to give money, but companies that understand what TS stands for. Absolutely right. Mara, you started TS, I mean, as the founder of the TS Foundation, which is an NPO. You have a personal story. I do indeed. I'm a survivor. One of the things about being a survivor is that never leaves you. You go on to live a happy and successful and meaningful life, but you always remember the trauma where you were. So I started tears because when I went to the police station, and albeit 18 years ago, it seems like yesterday, and I wanted help, unfortunately they turned me away. They said, come back on Monday, it was a Friday evening, and I had been waterboarded, so I was in a bad state. Nobody could help me, but worse still, they couldn't tell me where to go. In fact, quite honestly, they didn't care. As I said to the group of police that I addressed uh, two weeks ago in Pretoria, you guys failed me, but we've got a second chance. Together we can make a difference. And so the first innovation that I made was to have a free facility on your phone that you can dial on any phone anywhere in South Africa and get the nearest place to go to for help. Because sometimes people can't go the same day. Sometimes people need to plan their route, their finances to get it. But we have now had, we get as, as, um, correctly said, thousands of hits per annum on our website and on our Facebook because you feel alone, abandoned and worthless. And worse still, you feel like nobody will believe you because your partner is a respected member of society. And it's hard. So I call out to all the people that are listening to this uh, broadcast. First of all, please support us to support rape victims. And secondly, if you are a victim or a survivor, we hear for you. Our motto is we believe you and you are not alone. <laughs> you know, you know what's absolutely shocking and disgusting about your story is the fact that you were asked to observe operating hours at a police station. The fact that you were told to come on a Monday between 8 and 4, bearing in mind that violence doesn't have hours that it occurs in. I mean, the statistics are shocking. I mean, we know that every hour, almost on the hour, a woman is violated. And yet here you are going to the police station seeking help because they are supposed to offer a service of protection and justice to you and they tell you on a Friday afternoon to come back on a Monday. That is shocking. 
And what is even more shocking is the is, is that there's certain departments in our government that have now introduced awareness programs such as 16 days of activism, and you actually just ask yourself, what's the point of some of these so-called awareness campaigns that will include breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, and gala dinners, whatever, but at the end of the day, when you do go and seek help, you are told on a Friday afternoon, come back Monday morning. What are you supposed to do the whole Friday night, the whole Saturday, and the whole Sunday? Absolutely. No, and uh, 10 out of 10, and well done. Congratulations to Mara for starting, having the initiative after all the trauma that she went through to say, I'm going to make a change, and I'm going to give people the opportunity of getting immediate support, um, medical support, um, counseling, uh, personal support, support in any way possible. So uh, it's because of Mara that Tears has now been around for... Um, Six years now, and uh, we certainly want to make sure that tears are still here for many, many more years to come. You know, speaking as you say, Sonia, and f- the statistics are that uh, in the last three years, there have been 124,000 rape cases reported to the police. To the police. Now, as you know, that's reported. Now, what's the difference between what's actually reported and the actual amount of rape cases? Exactly. And this excludes uh, um, domestic violence. And child violence, and and the very sad thing is of the of these unbelievable statistics, more than forty percent of the cases are, um, are are committed to children. So you know you look at that, and uh, for all those moms and dads and and people that have got young kids and people, you, kids go to school. You speaking to me? And they go to sports and they play and they go to parties and they go to various places. We need that support. I mean, it's, it's shocking to think that, you know, children in primary school and high school are subjected to this and, and they're probably too scared to say anything and they, they're scared somebody's going to shout at them. They're scared that, uh, that they feel guilty that they've perhaps done something wrong. And you look at all these things and they need to be taught. And, you know, Mara is also involved at schools and tears are involved at uh, educating children in various ways at schools uh, to tell them that it's fine to speak out about these things and you know, let people know. So the education is vast, and um, we need to we need to let people know, and we need to put a stop to this, and we need to change these statistics. We need South Africa, with our constitution, as you said, as fantastic as it is, we need to make people believe that they have support, support from all parties, support from the police, support from all aspects, and that it's not embarrassing or to speak out about your experience, but uh, it's there to help and support other people. Mara, Mark has just mentioned some of the most shocking statistics, and those are for South Africa, right? You, You are all about bringing hope and healing. But as we said, Mark provides some of the funding. And this threat of closure in the next coming months if you don't continue to get the funding that you need to provide the services that are so badly needed, why has it been so difficult for others to give the much needed funding? What are some of the hurdles that you experience when you go knocking on doors looking for funding and support? That's a great question because it is so diverse. So the first aspect is that in our country, the the budgets that uh, would supply funding is the corporate social investment budgets. But 
When I first started and I didn't reach success in applying my normal marketing techniques, um, I consulted a number of different experts in the field. In fact, I consulted five different experts because when I failed to get the funding, I took it that I was naive and new in the field of, of running an NGO. I need help. But the bottom line is corporate social responsibility is an overall decision made by the board. We will focus on, for example, feeding. Then it goes to the personnel manager, then it goes to the HR director, then it goes all the way down the chain till eventually you have a CSR manager who has very little and probably no discretionary uh, ability or they're not allowed to. They are strictly advised. You will allocate funding within these parameters. And so the difficulty is that very few companies have within their parameters of helping rape and abuse survivors. Their parameters are much more mercenary, as you said earlier, you alluded to it, is they'd rather have the picture of a lovely, happy face of a young kid uh, having a sandwich on their book than say they helped 50 people find homing. So it's very, very mercenary. The second thing is a lot of these senior executives are men. And men don't want to embrace the pain that's in our country, which is so delightful that Mark's here today. He was one of the men that were prepared to accept it. They actually really don't want to hear it. Because when I say I'm an abuse survivor and I, I um, uh, couldn't walk for six months because I'd been so badly hurt. In fact, I couldn't drive. I lost all my confidence. People are slightly embarrassed and they don't know what to say. But guys, the reality is that is what happens in our country. The next reality is when a well-known public figure, for example, uh, like Jennifer Ferguson comes forward and accuses someone of rape, what happens to him? There are no consequences. So we have both sides of the coin. People don't want to embrace it, but as a country, we don't want to tackle it. He should have had to do what, in my opinion, and I don't know the person I know of him, step down until the case was resolved. So indirectly, everybody took his side. We're a paternalistic society. We're not men-haters, but we understand that we are a paternalistic society. And men tell us what to do all the time. And my partner is the person who's been helping me. So I'm not anti-men. I'm anti-paternalism. And I'm anti-rape. I want to be very clear. So until we... So if you... Have a child in school today. We spoke earlier about children. One in three children in the classroom will have been an abuse or rape survivor. We don't address it. And I ask people in a business to look around your um, office, and I often tell my staff, look in the taxi, count the people. One in three will be a survivor. So we're a, cu a wounded country, and I think one can debate, is it a legacy of apartheid? Is it a legacy of... Um, the fact that we are econ on economic survival, whatever the legacy is, let's just put a stop to it as quickly as we can. Hmm. <laughs> the the stories you've shared and the, the, the some of the stats that you've shared and that Mark have shared are it's it, it's it's just mind boggling. And for me, I I just cannot fathom how much more is not being done to give. NPOs such as Tears, the support, financial support in particular, for you to continue with the work that you do. 
I'm going to share some of the other shocking statistics because I want the person who's listening in right now to get the gist of how big of a scourge this is. Because I think the fact that I think we've also become blasé because you read the papers, you listen to the news. It's almost like we want to say, okay, well, yes, a child is raped every three minutes or every hour. And we're like, okay, well, it happens. But then the question is, what's going to happen when it comes knocking at your door? We never think about that as human beings, right? If it affects somebody else and it doesn't affect me, why should I care? That's the kind of attitude that we have. In South Africa, someone is raped or sexually abused every 17 seconds. 17 seconds. So while we're sitting here for an hour, how many other women are raped or sexually abused in every 17 seconds. Over 200 while we're sitting here in the hour. You are the financial guy. Over 200. So that is, that is unacceptable completely. It is, it's frightening. It's unbelievable figures. Um, you know, something's got to be done about it. This is the support. We are to support, but something has to be done to prevent this happening in the first place as well. And I think, uh, hopefully there's some people listening and, you can say, well, we can assist in that way. I mean, the work that Tears is doing to help all the survivors, or not all of the survivors, a percentage of the survivors, and what we don't even know what percentage that is, is is fantastic. But there certainly has to be some work at the core, the, the source of this, and say, how do we stop this, and what do we do? Do men think it's their right? Is it a cultural thing that some people think that they can do this, and nobody will find out, and they... Um, even if even if they get caught and they get reported, perhaps the consequences won't be that significant, as Morrow was saying. So it's got to start right at the beginning with the with the justice system as well. I suppose we have to look at. I'm glad you mentioned the justice system and, and consequences because impunity seems to be the order of the day. You that's get right. a lot of you. you Mara spoke about a very famous uh, person uh, that's implicated in the Jennifer Ferguson. Um, Rape abuse case And um, I get the feeling that some of these Men in high part positions are, are so cocky and think to themselves Nothing's going to happen to me Because impunity is the order of the day No? Hmm. Yeah. It is estimated that a woman born in South Africa Has a greater chance of being raped Than learning to read This is Interpol Should I read that again? Or hmm. can you fathom that? Ridiculous there's more chance of you being raped than learning to read in South Africa. Three is the number of children raped every minute. How many is that in the hour that you were going to be sitting here? You're the finance yeah. guy. Three in a minute. Three in a That's minute? 180 in an hour. In an hour. Mm. So while we're sitting here, 180 kids are Oops. going to be subjected to Oops. abuse. Unbelievable. 13,800 is the number of child rape victims per year. 45% of rapes reported to police in South Africa are child rapes. 50% of South Africa's children will be abused before the age of 18. I'm a mother of a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old. That makes me worry as a parent because mm. my duty is to protect them. 85% of them will be by perpetrators known to them. Lovely. The greatest increase in sexual violence has been against infants and children under the age of seven. 65,514 was the number of rapes reported to police in South Africa last year. One out of 25 cases are actually reported to the police. You wonder what happens to the rest. 
South Africa has some of the highest incidences of child and baby rape in the world. <laughs> One in three of the 4,000 women questioned by the Community of Information, Empowerment and Transparency said that they had been raped in the past year. Gets better, doesn't it? Mm. Out of the 28,892 rapes reported to police last year, only 1,700 resulted in successful convictions. This is in a country with the best constitution in the world, right? Mm. And I would like to add to that. They often get parole, they often get let out, and the dockets go missing. So besides the convictions, we have to have a look. Our prison sentences are way too low, and they are let out very quickly. Look at the recent case of a well-known tennis coach, Bob Hewitt, who was on trial for um, uh, grooming and raping young girls over the years of his career. He was found guilty. He got which we thought was an enormously small sentence of four years um, halfway through two years, he asked for for home arrest, and he and so the victims that had appeared against him had to give evidence again to uh, the parole board to say no, he has to serve his sentence. So not only do few people get convicted, they get light sentences and they get let off with a tap on their hands. We need to review our whole system, Mark. What is your message to men out there? I'm asking you for obvious reasons. Yeah, so real men treat women with respect. Real men don't do anything which is illegal. Real men have manners. They've got dignity. They should have integrity. Um, so, you know, it's, as we say, um, people think that they have this power over women and they do things, but real men do what is correct. Real men don't abuse physically, sexually. Real men aren't involved in domestic violence. So a message to everybody, and you know, I'm sure lots of friends of mine and colleagues and people I know all agree with this, and most people will say, yes, I agree with it as well, but uh, a lot of those guys who put their hands up and say they agree might well be people who've been involved in experiences in the past, and uh, on the wrong side of the law um, so I've got to really I've got to really lift people's uh, uh, I've got to encourage them to really put some effort into give this some serious thought please guys you know uh, think about it whatever you can pledge if you're a small business and you've got a small amount to pledge please consider this because we've got to really keep tears' doors open for many many more years to come and I'm encouraging you to to give this some serious thought, and uh, I'll give you my cell, I'll give you my my, my uh, uh, email address, I'll give you Mara's email address, and I'm going to encourage you to send us an email and say, you know, we can help in this way, and we can support in this way, and um, we we really need some serious support here. And as Mara said, don't be afraid, don't worry about the stigma, don't think it'll look better on your corporate uh, brochure to say we're helping with education or we're feeding people or we're doing this. This cause is probably more important and more serious. This is for people that have got financial scarring, in many instances for life. These people need the support in a, in a very, very, uh, uh, it's, it's a, what can I say? They need it more so than many other people. Yes, people need to eat as well and people need education. They need all these things. But victims, yeah, need support as much as, as anybody else.
Absolutely. I want to read a last stat, and then I need your opinion on something that I'm about to read, Mara. Between 28% and 30% of adolescents reported that their first sexual encounter was forced. Melanie G. Ramji posted the following on Facebook the other day. What do you do when you see your close friend back with her abusive boyfriend who allegedly raped her, beats her up regularly, and is the reason for her own attempted suicide just a few weeks ago, casually walking in the mall? I mean, she even opened a case against him, and here we are five minutes later. How would you respond to that, Mara? The difficulty is that to get out of any abusive relationship, you have to have an alternative. And because our systems are so chocked, chock-a-blocked, and because the counseling is frequently not available or poor, the, the girls don't have a wherewithal. So if the only way you are seeing love is in an incorrect fashion, but you are not getting the needs at home or school, you're going to go with that abusive partner because your lifestyle has taught you that at least you're getting attention. It's one of those weird anomalies. That abuser is giving her attention, which obviously she needs. So you have to replace that with self-worth. So we start off with teaching our young girls to love themselves and for counseling. But so many children live in homes that are so busy. The mother leaves home at 5.30 or 6 to work in someone else's house or business and gets home at seven or eight. So that child brings him or herself up alone. Where will they learn? We have lost Ubuntu in our country and we need to have a program, in my opinion, in schools where we teach people self-worth. Simple as that. Self-worth. Your honest opinion on the 16 days of activism does it really have a lasting and meaningful impact? I'm afraid to say that it doesn't. But it does, as I'm here today, create awareness. One of the things that we need to learn in South Africa is that this problem cannot be helped by me, my organization alone. We have to have multi-sectoral cooperation and groups have to work together So I had a launch for 16 days of activism and I asked many colleagues to come along who were in the same field because I believe that what we're about is dealing with the campaign together, not as individuals. So if we work together, it could have a meaningful difference. But as you correctly said at the beginning, having a lovely breakfast or a big function does not change the formula. Absolutely. Mara, Mark, thank you so much for your selflessness. Anything else you'd like to add before you go? I'd just like to um, give uh, give our, our email address. It's info at tears.co.za. And uh, if anybody's got any support that they can pledge anything at all, we'd appreciate you getting in touch um, with Mara at info at tears.co.za. My email address is mjurgens, it's m-j-u-r-g-e-n-s at jg.co.za. Please email me directly with any support or or anything you'd like to know or any more statistics or if you'd like more information about tears, we uh, would welcome any any contact whatsoever. So, uh, Sonia, thank you for the opportunity and um, Mara, wish wish you all the best, you with your team. Keep up 
keep on doing the great work and uh, and thank you for everything you've done. Thank you. Thank you both. So the target is 100,000 to keep your doors open to assist. How many women you assist, by the way? Depending on uh, awareness, but at the moment it's between 30 and 40,000 per annum. Sure. Okay. We, we need to we need to pull up our socks. We need to dig deeper into our pockets to make sure that even more women are assisted. Thank you so much both for your selflessness. Thank you. Thanks, Sonia. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. I urge anybody out there who's listening to this program now who hasn't ever received counseling, reach out for counseling because it will make all the difference in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. My humble opinion, after all, this is the opinion booth. There is nothing worse than feeling powerless and hopeless. Don't wait till it comes knocking at your door. Don't wait till it happens to you before you can help, assist, and support those in need. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is CliffCentral.com.